0: Welcome to the Quicksup F1 podcast. My name is Nyasha and you could have been anywhere in the world but you're here with us. We appreciate that. Joining me today is someone who I definitely am talking to for the first time. Oh my god. No diggity no doubt. She, she is the senior editor at Jalopnik who we love. She's an author. She's an incredible journalist. Great consequence, You have a beautiful cat as well, I must say. <laughs> like, facts only. Uh, welcome to the show, Elizabeth Blackstock. Yay! Nice to be here. Thanks
1: for having me.
0: Oh, man. It's, it's so lovely to meet you for the first time. And this is definitely not yeah. the second time we're having to do this, right? No, no. Like, it's so the first time.
1: Yeah. We got this. <laughs>
0: we got this we got this well look thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, i thought it'd be really good to get you on the show There's so much to talk about with the Miami Grand Prix coming up, and we're going to delve Mm -hmm. into that in a second. But with everyone that we get on the show, we always ask them how they got into F1. And as someone who makes a career talking about cars and motorsport and and such and such, I guess it'd be really cool to hear. How did you get into the the sport of F1 itself? and, And yeah, what's the story with that?
1: all right so i grew up in michigan so i grew up in a huge car culture area my whole family worked in the automotive industry mostly everyone for gm so i was around cars Uh, we watched nascar a lot so it was racing was always kind of there as part of my childhood and cars were always there Um, and then i got you know kind of grew out of it a little bit as i got older Um, but as i started to get into high school I, yeah. I was like, the 60s and 70s are kind of my jam. I love the music from that era. I love the cars from that era. Love Chris Hemsworth because I was a big yeah. Marvel movie fan, big yeah. Thor fan. Um, yeah. So the movie Rush came out, ticked all my boxes of all of my interests yeah. at that time. Uh, so my dad of took course. us to go see that <laughs> while I was in high school. And I got home from that movie, a changed woman, um... I had to know everything about the era. I was like, there's no way the story is real. Um, when I did the research, I was like, no, actually, the real story is even crazier than anything they showed in the movie, even, um, yeah. which is so funny. And I just was like, I need to get it. I need to research everything. I need to watch my first race live, which I believe was Korea 2013, Um just like fully into it, moved to Austin, Texas for college in part because there's a racetrack there Um, and went to my first race in 2014, after which point I just got the bug, went all over the world to to follow racing. Um, And I started to kind of write about my experiences, especially being a woman at the track. You get a lot of like weird folks sometimes. So I was, I wrote about that (laughs) for my own personal website uh, and it got a lot of traction, got picked up by Jalopnik. Um, so that was my first time on the site and after right. that they they reached out and were like, hey, that we need sense. someone to write on Saturdays. Do you want to be our Saturday writer? So I got my foot in the door on Saturdays, moved on to be a, a full-time employee, uh, went from staff writer to breaking news editor to senior editor and here I am today.
0: Ah, look, that deserves another round of applause. I'll give you the clapping <laughs> one.
1: <laughs>
0: clapping. That clapping sounds sarcastic, but it's not sarcastic. That is genuine. <laughs> some genuine clapping and some genuine applause. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And 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 I think like it's really cool to hear how different people get into mm-hmm. the sport and 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 how they how they kind of how they kind of how we all kind of converge on on this one particular place. And and, and I, I remember uh in one of the conversations that we definitely didn't have uh, prior to today but mm-hmm. you um in kind of getting back you know with F1 and 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 and, and your interest in, in F1 obviously kota is uh mm-hmm. you know circuit of the americas austin is a massive massive race on the calendar and obviously for a long time it's been a massive race for 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 americans and i guess uh, i guess for you like personally like what's your relationship with 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 circuit of the americas with austin oh.
1: Uh, well it's a deep one um Coda was my first race the u.s grand prix in 2014 <laughs> first race i've ever gone to ever um so like it always has a special place in my heart because that was the place where i saw cars on a track for the first time uh and it completely blew my mind yeah. after that weekend i sat down with one of my friends and i thought i was like gonna get the bug out you know i was just gonna go to a race and then i could move on with my life uh No, we sat down at the end of that weekend, and we were like, all right, so we're going to Europe next year, and we're going to go to Austria, and we're going to go to Silverstone, right? Uh, So off we went the next year. Um, I've been to (laughs) that race just about every year since then. I didn't go, I think, in 2019, because I missed my flight. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I was living in Philadelphia at the time for grad school. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. It was such a downer. Um, But every other year since then, I've been there, been hanging out, um, and... It was just nuts to kind of like to go from being one of like a handful of people there on race day um, to walking out of the media center in 2021 yeah. after racing resumed after COVID and seeing the hill on Friday covered with more people than I had seen yeah. on race day that first year that I went. Uh, it was just it was like it's mind blowing. Like I I feel like I've watched that circuit kind of grow up. So <laughs> it's good stuff.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, and and that's, I guess we all know that is the DTS effect that, that has happened in America. And it's crazy, right? Like having that... That growth, but it's you know, even on this side of the pond, you know, my friends uh, who would never have touched F1 with a barge pole, like you know, uh, out of choice. Now they're the ones talking to me, like, oh, like you know, talk to me about certain drivers, and like they've got like a, a general, this kind of like surface level interest at least in F1, let alone the growth of fans going to races all over the world the whole fashion side of it you know i'm seeing yeah. people in ferrari jackets every two seconds or miss old school mercedes jackets and the whole motorcore thing is in fashion again it's mm. crazy and it must be i guess in america it must be, yeah like say you know it must be what it, what it feels like is that you know just an interest in motorsports in general seems to have really i guess I don't want to say a trickle-down effect but that kind of thing of people discovering mm-hmm. F1 but then maybe from there going on to discover IndyCar and NASCAR from, from exactly. there as well because that's something I've done and I guess is that something that yeah. a lot of other people have done as well
1: I was going to say, I was at MotoGP at Circuit of the Americas a couple weeks ago, and I talked to a lot of people. It was about 50-50 of, like, the people who were there because they were big MotoGP fans. We get a lot of fans coming from Mexico, so they've kind of always been really into MotoGP. Uh, And then the other half were just, like, people who got into racing recently because of Drive to Survive or something similar and just wanted to see, like, go to a race and go to a racetrack and see meet vehicles on a circuit competing with each other you know just any of them any um so it's been fun to yeah. see uh, especially here in america like when we were wo- baku was 6 a.m my time it was a garbage time to wake up yeah. to watch that garbage race <laughs> um so you know we're we're kind of discovering like indycar and nascar are on at a little bit better times for us here in the states mm. um 2 p.m. Yes. is a lot easier to digest than 6 a.m. some days. So people are kind of looking at those as yeah. options as well and it's it's seen like everywhere has seen a big increase in interest which is it's really cool. Like it's I'm a big IndyCar fan, so to see IndyCar kind of being part of you know swept up with F1's rising tide has been wonderful.
0: Ah uh, no, look, I am um, I watched my first Proper IndyCar race, the one just gone. Um, I watched it on, I recorded it. And I, I watched it after, I think, I think I watched it a couple of days ago, um, mm-hmm. like from start to finish. And I was like, this is great racing, oh, like, and you've got a battle for the lead that's going on the whole race. You've mm-hmm. got things going further down the field. You've got strategy, which is actually offset strategy. Um, mm-hmm. I learned about push to pass and, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this feels better than DRS. Um, mm-hmm. I like, I just yeah I just feel like it's 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 just this incredible thing that I just uh, I will fully yeah I think start to get into And I I, I, so I think because to the club. yes yeah no please I'm gonna need more tutelage <laughs> so I'll probably be like belling you off all the time but oh, absolutely. I just like I think it's one of the, I know well you together what you wish for um, so and <laughs> it's uh, it's it's one of those things where I think a lot of people. um, you know you you, go, you get into f1 because you know obviously for whatever reasons you get into f1 and f1 is great but for me at my core i love racing that was my whole yeah. thing i loved the racing i loved the strategy side of it and i guess when that's mm-hmm. missing then you're kind of like what am i what am i here for especially if you're waking mm-hmm. up at, at six o'clock in in yeah, the morning right like exactly it's, uh, it's
1: exactly i'm waking up at six in the morning to like Watch them race around a rule book.
0: <laughs> right? Not not great. Um, but look, people who uh, don't have to get up at 6 in the morning are people, well, in America because Miami is in America mm-hmm. and it's coming up now and it feels like well, it doesn't feel like, it, 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 well, from the outside looking in, it looks like the sheen has come off of mm-hmm. the fancy Miami race that uh, F1 are trying to push on us. Um, you know, yeah. Stefano Domenicali said he wanted 23 Monaco Grand Prix. Miami was the shining light of, not shining light, but it was the crown jewel of new races that we had last yeah. season. Kind of meant to usher in this new generation of F1, where it's a party all weekend, and you know you've got glamour, you've got this and that. But uh, you recently wrote a, uh, a really cool article on Jalopnik where you spoke to three fans. Two of them going to their first race last year in Miami, and one who'd gone to several races before, and and, and he was going to Miami. And the consensus felt like past the commercialization of f1 and them catering to the commercial side of things as a fan experience it it looked like miami was quite low down in terms of the satisfaction that it that it gave to 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 the paying customers and obviously you you were there as well so i guess what did you learn about miami from your experience and i guess How much did your personal experience tally up with what you spoke to uh, the the people who gave you their time in your story?
1: Yeah, I, I had a much different experience, I think, than a lot of those people just because I was there as media and I was there on a press trip with Red Bull. So Red Bull had invited me out and kind of given me the access and whatnot. Um, which was, which was great, uh, because I otherwise would not have been able to afford going. And I initially had just wanted to go as a fan to be part of, you know, the fan aspect of it because I, at the end of the day, like, yes, I'm a journalist, but I, I, I just wanted to kind of be there for that first, you know, big new event in America. Uh, but Mm. it was outside my price range. And I think that was something that like, I quickly realized as I spoke to everyone else where the people who went, one of them got free tickets. So... She and her stepdad went, but it was like, you know, they're not going to go back because they don't want to have to pay the money. Um, Other people had spent, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. You know, the race tickets themselves were $1,500 plus. Then you've got lodging, hotels, air travel, you know, a rental car, all of these things that are going on. And they're just dumping money uh, into into three days of race car, which – is a lot like it's it's a lot um a lot of people i think they were just very displeased with the with what they were getting for what they were paying for uh it'd be like if you you know went to mcdonald's and suddenly it's like a hundred dollar meal for you to have a burger um (laughs) like it it wasn't a great experience i walked the track um i always do when i go to a new circuit to see what is there what the fans are seeing um it, it, everything was expensive there was not really any shade um like the porta potty areas god bless were covered so like you at least didn't have to walk into like a baking stall to use the oh, bathroom right. but you know water was still oh. pretty hard to come by um the fans who paid like 500 dollars for general admission basically just were standing by a fence uh and seeing a little bit of a track um it just like overall, I think people were, were displeased yeah. with the fact that like this was built up so much. Um, and it was supposed to kind of be this big landmark event. And I'm sure it was for the VIPs who went. Um, but it definitely wasn't yeah. for just like the people in the grandstands or the people at the track just to be a fan.
0: Look, let me tell you from the outside looking in, it looked a hot mess pun intended i mean i (laughs) i uh, from the moment like the everything's just like marketed so lazily so you know Mm -hmm. we've got the whole miami vice thing and like it's just like oh my god is this who is doing this marketing it's clearly like towards a bit of an older audience or whatever, but, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think I said before, like, it, it, it's almost like it's, it's, it came out really, like, camp, but I don't yeah. think, like, and not, I mean, like, but not deliberately mm. camp. Like, it was supposed to be this high-end, glitzy, glamour, and then it's just, you know, it's the babe yeah. on the side in a mermaid outfit whilst, like, 40 plus men just kind of stare at her with their guts out um yeah, yeah. and then you've got you know the fake marina you've got I uh, just like I honestly like I, I just all of it looked like i said like in RuPaul's drag race when mm-hmm. they have the sewing challenge, and then <laughs> the the girls go there and they use the hot glue instead yeah, exactly. of the fucking sewing machine, yeah. and it's just like <laughs> this is this is this is not high end, this is not couture, darling. Like, no, so no. I like honestly, yeah. I, I I mean that's what it felt like now. So looking in, and and I mean, do you think that with look they they're slashing ticket prices? Mm-hmm. Um, I think up to 40% off, but 40% off is still getting you a ticket uh, for like 1,500, yeah. I think is yeah. is, is, is still the a kind lot of money. price ticket I'm seeing. So $1,500, it's a lot of money. That's not your hotel. That's not your flights. That's not the food there. That's not your travel there to the circuit. I can't, like you say, you're looking at spending at least... On top of that, another two or three grand mm-hmm. in 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 the list. Yeah. So do you think, having said that, all we said about Miami, do you think that the arrival of Vegas has hurt the Miami Grand Prix? I guess coupled with the experience that people had, mm-hmm. do you think the arrival of Vegas, new race in Vegas, has had people thinking, well, you know, I can either spend this much money going to Miami or I can just paying going to vegas yeah. or or is it i guess or is this just like a bit of fatigue with f1 maybe have we seen the peak of f1 in america no go i go that i'm not sure and what, yeah what it's
1: it's really weird i think formula one historically has just not understood america in the slightest uh they look at us like a totally different species um you know they it just seems like a lot of times yes. F1's not doing research and trying to figure out what's going on here. And I think like a great case in point is 1984. They had a Grand Prix in Dallas in July. Yep. Texas is too hot in July to be having any kind of race events. <laughs> Certainly not out at a fairgrounds. You know, like these things. Yeah. A similar thing with Miami where it's like this race takes place in a parking lot that they did give a great makeover to. But at the end of the day, we're still in a parking lot. And... All of yeah. this energy has been channeled now into Vegas <laughs> of terms of like, what can we do to attract a huge American audience? Miami is just the same. Like they didn't really do a ton to make Miami a more interesting or viable prospect for fans. All of that now is channeled into Las Vegas. So now you, if you've got fans who are going to be shelling out thousands of dollars, which would you rather go to? The race in the parking lot? Or the brand new Las Vegas Grand Prix where they're racing down the strip. Like, I know what one I want to pick. I absolutely would rather go to Vegas. Yeah. Um, and yeah. certainly not to Miami. And I think, like, yeah. we're seeing the turning off of a lot of just, like, the ca- the casual fans. The people who watch Drive to Survive and watch some races live. And we're like, oh, this is super cool. I want to get into this. I want to physically be at one of these races yeah well that's a big investment you know like a lot of people out there don't have the ability to just dump ten thousand dollars on a weekend that they've you know to go watch race car you can absolutely if you would like to you can go to montreal for a lot cheaper you can go to mexico city for a lot you can go overseas i didn't spend anywhere near thousands of dollars when i went to austria uh admittedly like i was in the campground but it Still, like, it wasn't yeah. It wasn't this big financial expenditure. I was able to go when I was 19. Like, I could afford to make that trip. Um, and people just, like, we can't do that in the States. I can't do that in the States as a journalist. Like, I'm looking at Las Vegas. I'm go- intending to go to cover it. I mm. can't afford to get there. I can't afford to stay there. Um, and that's a problem yeah. that I think a lot of fans are realizing. Like, oh, I... I want to be at these things. Um, but I just don't like how do you how do you get there? Um, and I think one of the the things that really brought that home to me last year, yeah. in Miami when I went was the official F1 events that the series was hosting were scattered around Southern Florida. So I was like, okay, I wow. have to be at the track to do an interview on Thursday at noon but I have to go to Fort Lauderdale afterward. Fort Lauderdale is a drive. Like that's not just yeah. right next to Miami Gardens. And then it was like, well, I have to be then for a dinner yeah. at 8 p.m. So I have to drive all the way back down now to South Beach. And it was like, you know, I had a press car, which was nice. I had a Corvette. So I wasn't really like, I wasn't complaining. I got to spend more time on <laughs> a nice car. But I know a lot of people who spent oh, like thousands of dollars on Ubers just because they were trying to get to the things that f1 had scheduled because f1 didn't know like you can't go 20 miles quickly in a city you just can't do that here
0: <laughs> no no but that's but that's the thing right and, and that's mm-hmm. another thing where it's like you know they market it as like miami miami but it's not it's not Miami, like do you know what I mean? And it's not Miami, like and the same way, like, you know, this fucking people come for Silverstone and they're shocked that it's like fucking it's nowhere near London. I know. I don't <laughs> expect to be able to like pop into London from Silverstone, like it's not possible. So I do and this is the thing, it's like would do I go to Miami, but it's not in Miami and there's it's super expensive, or at least with Vegas, like I know, yeah, I know exactly what I'm gonna get from Vegas. I know what's in Vegas. Vegas is very easy to get around if I'm just staying on the strip or whatever. Mm-hmm. So let me just let me spend a couple hundred dollars more, or whatever, a few hundred dollars, and just go to Vegas. And I think, yeah. I think F1 is, F1 has absolutely fumbled it. Like they had fans eating out of their hands. They had this uh, young. Uh, enthusiastic, passionate audience who wanted to be involved and instead of cultivating that audience and getting them on side and getting repeat customers until the end of time, they've, Fleeced them and look. Miami's yeah. not the only race that had these issues. Last year, I think there was issues in Spain. There was issues in Monza. There was issues in. There always seem to be issues. Uh, you know, with, with, not in Spa. Um, there was issues in Silverstone. I was gonna um, say the like getting...
1: the, the dynamic ticket pricing with Silverstone last year was a whole issue for a lot of people. It's which is crazy. Which, it's crazy. Wh- why? Why? Why do we do this? We're just making people upset and angry when they like don't have to be spending money they don't have to go to any of these things and we're seeing that this year because Miami is we're a couple of days out from the race and Miami is begging fans to spend their money because they they want to yeah. you know, half off like take these tickets please but they're still yeah. expensive
0: <laughs> yeah and it's just honestly like it's uh, it's it's just not I think long term no unless this racing gets better Mm -hmm. I I can't see them continuing to grow the sport because people... It's okay, you might hook people with Drive to Survive and there are going to be diminishing returns on Drive to Survive. Mm -hmm. Um, As much as you hook people into the sport, to keep them there, you have to give them a product that they actually want to wake up at 6 a.m. for and I don't think they're going to do that. And with Miami, I just don't think that they have a uh, a circuit but we'll see we we don't know what we, we're all saying this like kota mm. the thing is a kota kota is a proper racetrack it's got it's you know although it's getting more expensive it is still yeah. more affordable than going to miami or going to vegas mm-hmm. um it's you know texas just seems like an incredible place for people to go to Not that miami isn't but like just it seems like a great place for people to go that product is there It's not no frills, but it's like we're here for the racing. Everyone's got a good view. You know, we're not marketing it as this influencer paradise, right?
1: Yeah. And there's so much like the Circuit of the Americas has done an incredible job recently transforming the fan areas and Mm. making those fun and accessible. There's covered places to sit and drink. There's live music everywhere. You know, you walk a little bit farther, and you've got merch stands like crazy. There's a huge food hall that's covered now. I mean, you can get a tattoo. I got a tattoo at MotoGP at the track. Like, you can do the craziest stuff there. Yeah, I got a little cactus tattooed on my arm because they have a tattoo shop. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to go do that. Why would I not? Um, I'm definitely getting a tattoo. You got to do it. Oh, my God. No, Uh, (laughs) there's so much there that you can do that, like, Yes, the ticket prices are rising and they are more expensive, but, you know, you can go on a full, like, suite of carnival rides while you're there. You can ride a roller coaster. It's just, there's all sorts of things that are on top of, you know, you're not just paying for the race. There's a whole experience here within the track that you can't get in the confines of a parking lot in Miami, and that I don't think you'll get within the track limits at Las Vegas. You know, Vegas, you'll be able to walk out, go to a casino and have a great time. But within, you know, the confines of that event space, it's going to be limited.
0: It's interesting that the people of Vegas are already complaining about the work that's having to be done to get the Mm -hmm. city ready for it. Which sounds like the same grumblings we had about Miami last year. Um, So I'm... I'm so interested to see how Vegas is going to turn out. Um, mm-hmm. I am curious. Let's yeah. just say that. In, yeah. in. I was gonna say. I feel like
1: they just how... started building their like big buildings and stuff and the structures that they need to have. Which, I mean, it's better better than now than never. I tight. guess. But <laughs> dang.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's six months right we've only only got six months left until until vegas um so it's not a long time (laughs) it's not a long time um I, I'm just I'm so curious I, I can't wait to see it um mm-hmm. the same way I couldn't wait to see Miami and then we saw Miami and I was like oh this yeah. does doesn't look great <laughs> so um, we'll see but I I I am I I, 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 um, I I hope it's good for you know I do I do hope it's good I do hope it's a it's a great mm-hmm. event for everyone there and let's see um but look Miami Grand Prix coming up. Um, how have you found this season? Um, mm. I guess. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Mm, I don't. It's been a weird one. <laughs> it uh, has not been compelling as as much as I think a lot of people would have liked. Um, but that's just. I don't know. I'm not a big Red Bull person. Uh, unfortunately, for me, I'm not happy when Red Bull wins all the time. But you know. That's fine. I wish we had. That's t- Yeah. <laughs> I wish we had a little Why more. Like- <laughs> <that>? <laughs> I wish we had more competition going on. Um, I hope we can see things start to turn around. Baku looked promising, at least from the perspective that Sergio Perez might be challenging Max Verstappen for a championship, and in the sense that like Max seems like he's getting really flustered, which is always, like, the mental aspect always kind of comes into play when you're going somewhere, so, like, maybe we can see some drama start to come up, but, like, for the love of God, this season has kind of... It's it's, it's been chaos in the sense of, like, no one knows how to implement rules, but not, like, the on-track stuff, which I think is a little bit of a downer.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean... It's not been great, but um, look, a lot of people are saying that last season we were kind of saying the same things. And, you yeah. know, it's because of the tracks that we're going to. And, you know, Miami, again, probably not going to be super high on the overtakes. Um, Austria can be somewhat of a, uh, somewhat of, I mean, up, basically up until... Well, we've, got, uh, sorry, we've got Monaco coming up as well, which isn't mm-hmm. going to be great no. at the end of the month. Um, so so um, we've got, what else have we got? I'm, let me go on my calendar because I like to come with facts. So we have got, after this week, yeah, we've got, oh Imola. yeah, we've got Imola. As Mm -hmm. well, I should have asked you, of course you know Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um, So yeah, we've got Imola and then we've got Monaco So we've got three tracks now which aren't yeah famed for their ability uh, to offer good racing and i think we had that last season as well so i mean mm-hmm. hopefully uh after this period you know it, it will pick up with you know proper racing tracks we've got silverstone austria yeah. uh canada as well although it is a street circuit you know it, yeah. it is a, it is a popular it's a good one. yeah exactly so it's a good one. It is a good one. And Hungary always seems to serve up some good fare as well. So mm-hmm. let's see how that goes. But I guess with the, um, with with uh, Miami, you can't talk about Miami and not talk about the home driver, uh, no, Logan Sargent.
1: The Florida man uh, himself.
0: The Florida man himself. Uh, how... How, in your eyes and in everyone's eyes, has he been doing, making America proud? Uh, how, how how have you found his uh, his first season so far?
1: I think he's doing great. I don't think he's being marketed as well as he probably could be. Um, I feel like it was a bigger deal when Alexander Rossi entered in 2015 with Marussia for like a hot second, sorry, with Manor, um, it like literally for like five yeah. races. Um so I feel like we haven't seen quite as much buildup with Logan Sargent, which I think is unfortunate. He did have, like, I think it was GQ this week that there's, like, a bunch of stuff now coming out. Um, but I think he's yeah. doing great. I I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I don't quite follow the feeder series for Formula 1 as much as I would like to, but I knew he was yeah. doing well. I knew he was doing all right, uh, and I knew that he wasn't totally just, like, buying his way into F1. Like, he had skills to back <sighs> yeah. up what you know the benefits he was likely going to be bringing to the team so it's been like it's been great to see how he's adapted um I actually had I think higher hopes for Nick DeVries just because DeVries has a championship in Formula E but I th- I think I'm like my rookie of the year is now going more to Logan Sargent who seems to have it yeah. a little bit more together um he's been qu- putting in like quiet good performances and has absolutely like outshone Nicholas Latifi in that same seat, which is, that's good. That's all you really want to do.
0: Yes. 100%. And look, he really unfortunate for him to go into the wall in Baku uh, last Mm -hmm. week, um, because he was doing so well. And I, you know, he, I think he would have probably made it out of that session if he'd, if he'd carried on going, you know, at a good pace. Um, but no, he's quietly doing a good job. I think everyone at Williams is quietly doing a good mm-hmm. job. I think obviously Alex album is, is doing a fantastic oh, yeah. job. Um, but he's got a lot more experience. And I think for a rookie, for Logan Sargent to be kind of pushing Alex in qualifying
1: um, mm.
0: and not be that far away from him, although it's so tight at that bottom end that, you know, yeah. that can be the difference between making it out of the session or not. Yeah. Um, I, I do think, yeah, I think he's, he's, he's done a really good job. I, he's definitely surpassed the expectations that I had for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think when, although he did make it through, uh, you know, with the correct amount of uh, license points uh, and he was good in NFT, he wasn't, you know, he, I think he finished fifth or sixth in the standings yeah. in the end. So you, you never really know, like, okay, truly, how is that going to relate? But, you know, these are the same things that people were saying about Joe. Yeah. Although, you know, he did finish higher in the standings. People are saying the same things about Joe. Did he deserve his seat or not? And you know, he's going on to look have what looks like a pretty stable career matching and beating Valtteri Bottas at the moment. So mm-hmm. um yeah, I think that I think Logan, if he can carry on in this way, I think there's no reason for Williams to, to kind of think about replacing him and, and he can mm-hmm. grow and grow within the team and, and take it from there. So no, I'm I'm happy for him. I
1: am I am yeah. happy for him. Um, I hope we I hope he gets points. Uh, and I, this I it. He gets a like point I, this weekend. I want to see him celebrate like he's just won a race because he got a <laughs> point at home
0: yeah that would be awesome mm-hmm. that would be incredible I think uh, the scenes if that happened <laughs> would be incredible uh, the parties I, I be,
1: uh, afterwards
0: yeah right <laughs> The party is like twenty miles away from the circuit. It will be incredible, <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but no, for sure. Um, so, I guess what's your? Is that your big prediction? What's your big prediction? Or I guess yeah, you've already said Logan. I guess outside of yeah. Logan, what would you? If you could script the Miami Grand Prix, what would you like to see happen at the Miami Grand Prix?
1: I oh, I would love somehow for there to be a little bit more of an even playing field between those top three teams, so we can see some scrapping between Red Bull and Mercedes and Ferrari. At the very least, I just want to see drama from Checo and Max. I just want to see the two of them kind of tear each other apart this season. I, they got so close last year in Brazil. Uh, the sass between the two of them was just top-notch. And I think <laughs> yes. like, if I could just get more of that, Uh, the more of the infighting and more especially more with Max being like I don't know what's going on in his little brain these days but he does not seem very happy Um, yeah and it's kind of coming out and impacting his performance and his relationships with everyone else on the grid and I think like just seeing that develop um, is gonna be like that's all I want like it's gonna be a storyline then for the rest of the season if we can keep seeing that happen and Oh, I would love it. I live for the drama. I live for the pettiness. I live for him calling George (laughs) a princess. Like, it's great.
0: (laughs) Look, I I said it before that F1 needs people like Max. And as much as, uh, you know, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with him. I don't really agree with his fans in our comments every two seconds (laughs) uh, demanding attention. But what I will say is you need... You know, F1 needs characters. Do I agree with his character? No, but it's 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 good that he has this character because if he didn't have that character, God, the entertainment that we would have had out of Baku would have been zero, and and exactly. uh, I genuinely don't know what we would have spoken about if it wasn't if it mm-hmm. wasn't for Max. So um, I long may continue, and I think for sure. It would be awesome to see some real close to uh, close wheel-to-wheel racing between uh, Checo and Max. Like, yeah. let's gloves off. Let's let's have an Inter Red Bull fight and let's see how close they can get to each other. Let's mm-hmm. see how much they'll be allowed to race. I hope they will yes. be. Christian Horner says they should be allowed to race. So, let's see how that goes. I, was I, say, I would love
1: that personally. Yeah, I there's no. That. I was going to say, like, there's no, not that there's no value in Max getting another championship, but there's no, I think, novelty around that, whereas Checo would be the yeah. first ever Mexican champion. That would be cool. That would be, that would be something for Red Bull to, that like, have dope. in their little record books. So that would be neat. Yeah.
0: It would be neat. Uh, yeah. I don't know how
1: much Gretchen <laughs> I I know know Orwell wants
0: to make Max <laughs> unhappy with that, but. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I don't know how much is going to happen, but. Uh, no, for sure. It would be dope. It would be dope. Um, and speaking of dope, we'll be back just after these messages. Yay. Right. So. Remember, if you want an ad-free uh, stream, you can subscribe to the Patreon. Links below. F- exclusive merch, ad-free stream, all of that, all of that, all of that. Elizabeth. Yes. You are the author of one a story detailing... So, a book detailing the story of one of the craziest, craziest stories in F1, which is the Haas' Rich Energy Saga, Um, Mm -hmm. uh, and the story of, uh, well, the story of William, one William story, uh, (laughs) and his... His, his, uh, his masterful plan to sponsor the Haas F1 team as their title sponsor and, and how it all basically went down in flames <laughs> afterwards. Um, I guess from, from your point of view, um, what drew you and uh, your co-author Alanis King to this story and to write this book and, and how did it all come about?
1: So Alanis and I, at the at the time that Rich Energy was announced, we were both staff writers at Jalopnik. Uh, and so we were both pretty much on the motorsport beat. And as the 2019 season was kicking off, um, I realized, and she, all, like the two of us, were noticing that motorsport.com and autosport was really covering hard a sponsor for Haas. Um, and I, we thought that was just weird yeah. because most of these publications don't really cover sponsorships unless there's something notable about them. Uh, and this was just, like, something no one had mm. ever heard of. Rich Energy, you know, a British energy drink startup company that you couldn't find in the stores, that, you know, quick research would tell you had $770 in the bank. Um, something, like, the craziest-looking CEO I've ever seen with his Harley Davidson beard and his ZZ Top hair. Um, you know, it, there was just so much going on, where, and we were like, why... Are they covering this? Like, what is this? Is there something we're missing? And so we started to kind of deep dive into it, and then pitched our our editor, like, "Hey, let's let's talk about this. No one knows what this is. No one's been able to find it in stores. They don't appear to have money. Their CEO is a little little bombastic on Twitter sometimes. A little you know, a little loose with the tweets. Um, <laughs> yeah. likes to likes to say things. So <laughs> you know and we were like that he was saying so much stuff in the press interviews of like the people who doubt us are like you know the moon landing doubters um so we were just like what is this let's get to the bottom of this no one knows what it is there are tons of reddit threads and autosport forum threads that are like hey what is what is rich energy um and we we first covered it then our first story published in uh i believe it was april 2019 Uh, And then things progressively fell apart. Um, William Story got upset. He made a lot of tweets. He got sued by Red Bull. He got sued by uh, a company called White Bikes for stealing his logo. Uh, It was just chaos. And then he tweeted his cancellation of the Haas deal uh, thanks to, it was like, the PC attitudes of Formula One and the terrible performance of Haas. And... Like I've never personally thought that Formula One was very politically correct. Uh, it's a lot of rich white dudes, so <laughs> I I don't know what he was talking about. Um, but we we had a publisher or an literary agent reach out to us. Um, I was taking a step back from Jalopnik full time writing to focus on grad school. Uh, and this guy reached out my last day, and he was like, I just watched Drive to Survive the second season. This is crazy. I wanted to know more about this, the sponsor, and your story popped up. Like, do you want to do a book-length deep dive investigation? And the answer was yes. Uh, I'm going to step back from my full-time job to focus on grad school and also now take on, like, another full-time job project. Um, So we, we started diving into it from there, and then our agent ghosted us after we signed some of our first <laughs> papers and some of our documents. And then he reached out and was like, actually, I don't think I can promote this book, so bye. Uh, so we found a different publisher in McFarland who were wonderful to wow. work with, saved our... Save, like we, Alanis and I are, like we're not going to wait around. We didn't <sighs> wait to hear back from the agent before we started yeah. writing the book. We were like... The only thing we needed after that point was to reach out for quotes. All of the research was done. All of the fact checking, like that was getting done. We just needed, we wanted to have that book deal signed and ready to roll before we started to reach out to people so that it would give them the legitimacy and the pressure to respond to us. Um, Well, we didn't get that until we signed with McFarlane. Uh, And at that point it was, it was a brief uh, getting everything else sorted out, but what a crazy story like every every time I found out something I'd be like on the phone to Alanis like you're not gonna believe what I just heard and she was like that's awesome because I was about to call you because you're not gonna believe what I just heard Um, (laughs) like the story is crazier than even what you saw transpire during the season so like definitely go buy the book Um, we get into so much there's so many of the little details, like William Story representing himself in a lawsuit against Red oh, Bull. Wow. Um, he didn't have a lawyer. He just thought he could take on Red Bull solo. Um, just like the tidbits in there are so uh, funny. Uh, what Just a while. Like, <laughs> could, you, could you imagine? Uh, no one could have thought this would happen in this social media era today, and it did. No and way. we all had to see it.
0: I mean, it's one of those, I always say, it's one of the last true cowboy stories that I think Mm. you will get from F1. You look at F1 now, the way social media is, the way F1 is run, regulated, the amount of eyes on it now. Like, for this guy, let me tell you now, I live in the UK. I've never seen a rich energy (laughs) drink in my life.
1: Mm Ever. Ever. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I.
0: I. I. I, I was like, well, honest to God, I thought Rich Energy was like an erectile dysfunction <laughs> supplement. Like I was <laughs> like, what is this? What is Rich Energy? Oh. I had to look it up. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's an energy drink. I had no fucking clue. And then yeah. you see William's story with his beard, and he's just there, and he he just always looked so. Smug and happy to I be know. there, and I, know. I, just, I remember every single footage of was just so smug and happy to be there. I was like, Who is this guy? Why have Haas given him the keys to the castle? How the fuck? Like, I just don't. And then when it all mm-hmm. went to shit, I was like, You well, just couldn't keep your eyes off it. No. So, to have a book that 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 tells everything i think is uh incredible and we'll leave a link in the description guys go out and get it it's incredible uh an amazing story and i think you'll like it um elizabeth we have come to the end of this completely fresh first time chat um (laughs) (laughs) uh, Um, thank you so much for coming on and I think like I was saying on the other recordings you were the first person to ever put Quickstop F1 in a podcast you need to listen to list which was incredible for us that uh, at the time uh, we'd never Mm -hmm. kind of had that kind of uh, uh, kind of yeah recognition from a mm-hmm. publication so from the bottom of mine and Tandy's heart thank you so much for that and for the support yeah. and even for coming on today it's really appreciated you can have no another worries. round of applause Uh-oh.
1: yay <laughs> thank you yeah I love what y'all right. are doing like I'm happy I'm so stoked to be here I'm so like I'm glad you reached out Um, I'm glad I could help whatever whatever way i could
0: i think it's uh, i think it's really important for all small content creators you never know who's watching you never know who's looking mm-hmm. at, at your stuff so just keep making it and you know you never know where that will take you um we're gonna see each other in austin
1: right we are we're gonna have a great time I'll give you the full tour. I'll show you everything you need to know. We will eat so much barbecue. It's going to be delightful. We'll get our tattoos at CODA.
0: (laughs) Yes, I can't wait. Uh, (laughs) I absolutely can't wait. I'm really excited to go. Like I said, it's going to be my first time in America, let alone my first time. It's my first time in America, first time at Grand Prix first time Dang. for everything and you're so... just checking off the
1: t- the list the bucket list is getting yeah, shorter that's oh, it's gonna be fun yeah it's it,
0: gonna be fun it's gonna be so fun I'm gonna be like a absolute rabbit in headlines I can't wait <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but no where can uh, where can people find you online
1: uh, everything you can find on twitter is at e- at eliz underscore blackstock and then if twitter dies I have instagram at eliz a blackstock Um, I tried to get those both the same, and (laughs) it just didn't happen.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) That's fine. We'll leave links to both below, and there'll be a rotating thing under your thing anyway, so people will be able to see that on YouTube. (laughs) thank you guys for watching this is the miami gpu preview we'll be back after the qualifying session for miami and uh, so for once i'll be the one recording at a ridiculous hour of the night i'm sure mario and chris cannot wait for that um if you've got this far, make sure to give us a like and subscribe and make sure if you're listening on Spotify, give us a five star review. If you're on Apple, give us an Apple podcast review. And if you on an ad-, ad free stream, we've got the Patreon for you, which has loads of merch and exclusive stuff there. And remember, we have a live show. Uh, still some tickets left for the live show. So uh, link below if you want to come and see us brazil we're going to be running mad promo next week to fill the mm-hmm. last few seats i can't wait to do it and then we'd have had our largest ever attendance at a live show and i think that is dope so thank you thank you elizabeth one more time here's some more applause <laughs> applause for you <laughs> applause for
1: you yay, yay, yay. Oh, thank oh. you <laughs>
0: Thank you so much, Elizabeth. (laughs) And uh, remember, guys, no matter what life throws at you, keep it on the black stuff. Until next time, take care.